The DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by our friends at Green Mountain Dental. you got to check them out if you need any kind of dental work done. Just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver in the Lakewood area. They'll treat you like family. They're experts in family dentistry. They'll give you the absolute best care you can possibly imagine. And they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning x-ray and exam today. They've been longtime supporters of DNVR, so you should be supporters of theirs. Again, if you need any kind of teeth work done, check them out. Again, it's Green Mountain Dental Group. They're located just outside of downtown Denver in Lakewood. Great members of the family, Green Mountain Dental Group. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast, brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Use promo code DNVR25 to save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lines. And on this episode, yes, indeed, well, we do welcome everyone in to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood the colorado rockies finally managed to pick up a win here on the road against the rangers in the the final game first two games of the set perfectly winnable down early managed some comebacks to get it within one could not complete the comebacks in this game down big early a five nothing after a disastrous inning that we'll get into in a bit where just about everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Rockies in one inning and they managed to eventually ultimately make the comeback they did not lead in the series Patrick until with one out in the ninth inning Brendan Rodgers hit that double to score a couple and uh and, and, and you just go, and they finally took the lead. And then a comedy of errors literally and figuratively ensued for the Texas Rangers. And it actually ended up being, oddly enough, if you looked at the, if you just looked at the final score, it'd be, no, nine to five, a pretty comfortable road win for the Rockies. It was nothing of the sort, but still uh, wildly entertaining. <laughs> and it always is. It's, it's the Colorado Rockies. It's always going to be entertaining the exact opposite of what we saw in Los Angeles where the Rockies had the early lead in every single game. They ended up winning two out of three here. They never had the lead and they still ended up getting the one here in, in game three, kind of that's been almost their calling card is uh, we, you know, we, we did see in the previous series uh, last week, I should say against Chicago, they lose the first two. They sneak one out. They, they snuck one out in Chicago. They stole one here again uh, in Texas. But, hey, they come away four and five on this road trip, which is pretty darn good. And right. now I think they just need four more wins to, to get to that magic number of, right. of 22. And, you know, oh. last night I, I sent out a tweet about – Road to uh, 22, baby. Tw- uh, over uh, – what was it? 14 game spans or 15 game spans yeah. over the course of the year. And only 30% of the time have they gotten to that 
five win mark over a, a, a 15 game span. Right. However, all of the times that they've done it, they've been since the all-star break. So since the all-star break, they've done right. it closer to 75% of the time. So if I don't know how, and I don't know which games exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll feel it when we get closer. Yeah. Yeah. You'll feel but it. I think, they'll, I think they'll get those four more wins that they would at least they would like to get or yeah. something within the organization would like for them to get Rockies okay. players. They want to just get, get all the wins. Of course. <laughs> but it, it is amazing. I think yeah, the, I, I agree. I agree with you. And uh, the difference that a, a half inning there can make, right? Cause if they get swept here by the lowly Texas Rangers are going, mm, they still might end up setting this, this horrible record here. And then they do pull one out. They get it done. And then you go, yeah, okay. They really haven't been better. They were in all of those games. Uh, game two, uh, if that wild catch in left isn't made uh, off of the Trevor storyline drive, you know, we're having a very different conversation here. Very small margins of of error, really, between these two teams in this set, for better or for worse at, at times. <laughs> but let, let's go ahead and break down what happened there at the end, and we'll build up to uh, our guy first. But, yeah. I mean- you you couldn't have expected that, right? Like, what yeah. would you have put the odds at? Like, one percent chance? I mean, it has to be less than one percent ultimately, right? Going into the ninth, or of course, it has yeah. to be less than one percent because you're like, yeah, yeah, right. You're you're I mean, you're going. You don't only need one to tie. Yeah, I, I guess I should say less than one percent. That what would have happened? Although happened, right? That they would have been able to oh, get by that point for sure, right? <clears throat> Though, and I will say this, Patrick, and this is what's interesting, right? So here's how the inning unfolds. First, you get, and I can't remember the uh, Nunez or no, uh, Hilliard made the first out, but Hilliard had a, a hard drive foul ends up striking out. But still, with Hilliard at the plate, you go, okay, well, maybe he hadn't been doing great yet, but you know, he's got the chance to put one over the wall, tie the ball game up just because he's got that raw power. He makes the out. You know, all right, okay, okay. And then they pinch hit Diaz for Nunez. Smart move. Good move from manager Buddy Black there, getting the more veteran guy in, the guy who's been hitting better. Uh, the guy's been taking really smart at-bats, been pretty decent in the clutch. You know, he's got some pop, can take ball yard, but does exactly what he needs to. Veteran A.B. Uh, draws the walk. Right? Gets, gets a guy on base. That's that's your – there you go. It's not speed, but you've got the game-tying run as a board. Now if the next guy goes yard, you haven't just tied it up. You've taken the lead. You've got Connor Joe doing his thing. Same basic principle. Wait for a mistake. Don't swing at anything on the edges. Hang around. Uh, got one pitch right down the middle. It's funny. It was like first pitch was out of the zone. The second pitch was right down the middle. And in the moment, I was like, ooh, Joe, maybe your patience got the better of you there. Maybe take a hack at that. But maybe if he takes a hack at that, he hits it 112 miles an hour on the ground of the shortstop who rolls it up and the game is over. Well, and to that point, as you said, Diaz drew the walk. Uh, they do the walk on a three-one count. The pitch that he did swing at was a little bit outside of the zone. So Connor right. Joe's going, "I'll do That's it. It's right. a team effort. Pass it down the line. Let's pass That's it." That's right. He had just seen Diaz extend when he shouldn't have, and but so you're you're 100 right. He was waiting. He wasn't. It was like the first strike, the, the first real strike the guy had thrown in the inning. So you go, okay, you get one. He piped that thing, dude. That was oh, right Joe, down swing. the middle. Yeah, I'm off it too, I think. Yeah. And 
But Joe hangs around, waits for another mistake, never gets it, draws his walk. Now he's pushed the tying run into scoring position. And here's the thing where you talk about, you know, throughout the year, Rockies on the road, how you or just in the history of the Rockies, when did you actually believe, oh man, they could win this game? It was the second Brendan Rodgers stepped into the batter's box. The way he's been playing lately, with the kind of uh, just locked in at bats that he's been having, uh, with the fact that he had started this game with solo home run, the, the kind of answered, right? The Rockies have that horrible inning. It's 5 nothing. You got to get one to start anything, right? So he broke up, by the way, a no-hitter, a perfect game, and a shutout with one swing. Boom. I, I love when that happens. Rodgers gets him on the board in all the categories, 5-1 game. Then during a, another inning, where was it? It was the, the fourth or the fifth. I'm trying to remember which one, but where they were getting a couple runs extra back there, he drew an 11-pitch walk during which there was a wild pitch, run scored. He was, he was a part of that whole situation. Great. Maybe his best at-bat of the game, though, of course, the reason – Patrick, he's our draft king of the game. It's because once those guys drew their walks, he came up with the double, hard in the gap, scored a pair of runs. So he got the scoring started for the Rockies, and while, again, they would they would pile on after that with some errors and other stuff, he would give them the lead there in the ninth, swing the game back in their favor. A huge, huge game at the plate, clutch game at the plate, for Brendan Rodgers, who's really just been fantastic for the last three months. He goes and hits his ninth home run on the road, seeing mm. all of them to center field. Just, just a, it's amazing what he's been able to do this year and really catapult himself into the forefront of, the, of this team. And I think, you know, it's so similar to what Ryan McMahon did in 2018. And, and I think he's, I think, I think Rogers is doing it a little bit longer um, at at the, at the big league level this, this season for what we've seen. So it does make you hope that he can continue doing that going forward. Doesn't have the same support that McMahon did in 2019 and 2020, which is a little bit different, but I, I think, you know, slightly better pedigree, you know, being third overall pick there in 2015. And, and finally, you know, you, he gets health, right? He, I want to say he gets his yeah. legs under him. He gets his health under him. Uh, yeah. kind of, you, you hope he, he's put that behind him and uh, a little bit of that uh, misfortune and just, you know, bad luck. And you say, you know what? I, I think he might not have those same kind of growing pains that Ryan McMahon did have. But you, you saw it here in this game. And, you know, you're talking about Buddy Black pushing the right buttons. And it didn't, didn't factor in quite as much, but it certainly could have was after Joe drew the walk, pinch runner with, with Garrett Hampson over on first base in case yes. you see that. And get, and Hampson, you know, if you watch the, the clip, he's trotting into home. But anyone else that could have drawn a throw potentially. Uh Man, it, wasn't on the point. But that was that was that was kind of key too, right? That was no, you're you're hundred percent right. I'm glad you brought that up because it had slipped my mind and I actually did want to talk about it because that almost never works. That almost That's almost always like it's a good thing to do in practice. And when the guys play the same position, there was no reason not to very easily just have Hampson go and play the outfield there. But again, anyone who's ever played MLB The Show and put a, a the fast guy in as the trail runner at first, your, your exact 
thinking is if this guy hits the ball in the gap, now this guy can score from first. But you can get a double by hitting the ball down the line. Much harder to score from, from first there. You can get a double off the wall that's too hard and doesn't allow the guy to score. You can hit one out, and then it didn't matter that you pinch ran the, the faster guy. You get a single, and so it doesn't really matter that much. There's so many. It's literally four. If you hit the ball in the gap, the trail runner can score, and Brendan Rodgers hit the ball in the gap. Yeah, so he did exactly what you're supposed to do in MLB The Show, except he did it in just the show. Just the show. The real show. Yeah, the real show. Mm-hmm. Jacob, Jacob asking for a two sweet and uh, an Alfonso Soriano Hall of Fame. It's funny you mentioned this exactly one week, folks. Folks, are we are we salivating it? Are we salivating it? It is one week until Larry Walker is officially uh-huh. inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame up there in Cooperstown. One. We Alfonso Soriano Hall of Famer, no, but in the Hall of Very Good. Yeah. The guy grew up watching him uh, a lot for the Yankees. Hall of Very Good, and the Hall of yeah. Go and look and see how much money he made during his career. And you go, yeah, damn, I really Hall of money. Some Hall really of Fame money stuck around. Yeah, big bucks, big bucks during his career. Very good ball player. Very. Yeah, good. I just pulled it up real quick. Not a Hall of Famer, but very good baseball player. Um, fun. Always fun to wonder about that, though. I will say our conversation about catchers the other day and um, uh, Buster Posey and Yadier Molina and um, oh shoot, who was the other one? And actually, sent oh, sent around Salvador Perez. I ended up on Jason Kendall's baseball reference page. Very underrated, dude. Super underrated, man. He might be a Hall of Famer, though. He's got none of the like stuff, like All Star games or Silver Sluggers or Gold Gloves. He played in like twelve postseason games in his. Over 2,000 games, 12 postseason games. Yeah, he wasn't on too many good teams. Obviously, no. starting out with Pittsburgh, that doesn't help. But hit a lot of triples, stole yeah. a lot of bases. Yeah. He was a leadoff hitter for a while. Was a very – was you know, almost had a whole career of what – to a lesser degree of what Craig Biggio did, uh, who was one of those kind of light right. hitting but, you know, good offensive catchers, small a uh, little, little bit thinner, you know, smaller in, in stature for the most part. But Jason Kendall, yeah, definitely yeah. check him out. Good question. Uh, so a few, a few other quick notes on the offense today. More good stuff from JoJo to JoJo Joe. Two hits and the late walk, as we talked about. You know, he had, he'd slowed down a little bit as of late. It's going to happen. It happens to everybody. You've been on quite, quite a run. He slows um, down, but he doesn't stop. Yeah. That's the thing. He doesn't stop. Yeah. Like the. Now that, you know, I, I, I found a little hack. Drew and I were looking at some stuff over on the DraftKings Sportsbook, and we're like, hey, wait, did you notice this? Wait, hit that. See what happens there. I feel like every game, the summer of CJ, you got to put four total bases. It's at 1.5 every game. doesn't have a big payout, but both those guys are almost locks for a double or extra base hit for total bases. That's right. In fact, total bases is – Two singles. That gets the job or, done. Or, yeah, walking once and, and singling once. Yeah, one for three with a well, – I don't think walks goes towards that. It's just – Oh, it does. Four bases on a hit, yes. Oh, it's got to be – okay. Okay, well, that's I think, good. I, that's think, good I, think, I think RK and Andre got burned by that. Uh, oh, really? Ago. I was watching, and they're like, 
hold the phone. Um, total oh, bases, because yep. that's part of how slugging percentage is calculated. And so don't go towards slugging, okay. it goes towards on base. But, right. but yeah, that's that's <laughs> when you hammer. So it's Connor Joe, as you said, slowed down, but did not stop. Got those two hits again today. Yeah. So you, you got to love that. And I, I think until further notice, he's earned his, his ability to stay there in the lineup and, and at the top and you figure out what's going on with Tapia. Now, what's interesting is like he, so he had a bad day, top did at the plate today. Um, really not a good day and really not a good series for him uh, at the dish. You see, you know, coming back off an of injury, you want to give him a little bit longer and, and then one set uh, where he still got on base, you know, a couple of times and, is moving runners over and doing some of the stuff he does. Just some, some ugly at bats and didn't strike out. Did, didn't strike out. Yeah. I mean, you, you still get, you know, it, it's still not like when Trevor goes over 23 with 10 strikeouts and eight straight games, he doesn't get on base. He doesn't drive anybody. And he does, you know, not, you get nothing from him. And, you know, it was frustrating. How many guys did tap leave on base today? Like six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what it felt like. <laughs> he he <laughs> got a lot of chances. He had a lot of chances to come through where you're just like, hey, a nice little one of your little loopy base hits to left field right here is going to score a pair. Dude, that'd be nice. And he just couldn't come through. It happens again. You can't expect anybody to hit 300 all the time. Uh, but uh, and also being in a, in a slightly different spot of the lineup is something that he's going to have to adjust to a little bit, but I think he will. So that'll be curious to see how they play that, especially once the DH is out of there, how they're going to line everything up once they get back home. I like him down in, you know, lower in the lineup for a couple reasons. And the biggest is really just this idea that could put a little chip on his shoulder, a nice healthy chip of, wait a minute. No, no, I, I'm the leadoff hitter of this team. That's my job. So he's, he's going to camp next year. He knows. He should know. He's a starting right. fielder for 2022 and 2023. Right. But is he the leadoff hitter? Go out and show us, right? right. And, and so right. that again, that's a healthy thing that he might not be able to do, right? If he's you know still playing through some some nagging injuries and stuff, which again could always be the case. But he wants to be back. He wants to be on that field. He may want to make sure that Connor Joe doesn't you know take his spot because again. You, you got to earn it every single year. But I like that mm-hmm. idea that, hey, I want to be at the top of the order, not just in the order. I want to be yeah. at the top of it. So now he's got a little battle going into camp next February. So we do have to toast our Breck Brews on this day to the Colorado Rockies offense who came through and managed to get this thing done eventually and finally, despite a day you were really not hoping for. On the mound, we'll get into that in a second, but we will be toasting our Breck Brews. You can get your 15-can samplers, your tap pack down at your local King Supers or liquor store. Of course, you get a much bigger beer, <laughs> a much bigger what? A much bigger brewski. When you come on down to the DNVR bar, if you're a member of the family, subscribe today at the DNVR.com. You'll get access to all that written content, plus discounts on hats and shirts, uh, a free shirts when you subscribe for the year right now. You also get access to our Discord channel. You can hunt, come hang out with us, chat 24-7 about baseball and all the other sports, anything else that you want to talk about, really. There's channels for anything and everything under the sun in there. So come hang out with us and talk a little sports. Be a member of the family. Again, you can subscribe today at thednvr.com. And don't forget... That if you're still out there looking for some work, there's no better place to work than for our friends at Ball. They're absolutely awesome. It's a, first of all, it's a beautiful place to work. 
out there at the plant in Golden. Absolutely gorgeous drive to and from work, all that good stuff. It's a phenomenal company, especially if you care about the environment, you care about uh, not putting garbage out there into the environment, care about what you actually produce at the place that you work. Great for that. If you just care about being treated well and advancement, fair advancement, an ability to move up and make better money. If you put in excellent work, you know, in sports, we call it betting on yourself. If you really believe that when you show up at a workplace, you are an asset. and Maybe you don't feel like you've been treated like you're an asset at other places or it's not seen. It'll be seen at ball. You will be able to move up and get better jobs and more responsibility and usually more money and all those great things. So text GOLDEN77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. And it's GOLDEN because of the city, but it is also GOLDEN because it is a golden opportunity for you to ball out and, and really be a part of something big and special. Right you know, when, when when I asked you earlier about what were the odds, I was thinking of it more of the fact of them getting five runs in the ninth. And the reason I thought that was because I, I said to myself, self, how frequently have the Rockies scored nine runs on the road against an AL club? Like we've kind of, we established it yesterday, go back and listen to some of the crazy numbers by which, you know, Trevor Story is doing, hitting these multi-homer games. Right. 15 times, Drew, coming into today. 15 times they've just scored nine or more runs on the road in AL ballpark. That's wow. it. That's it, yeah. Wow. And so that was like – they did it earlier this – well, almost a month ago uh, when they were against the Angels and they won 12-3. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, like it's it's kind of a rarity. So to see them yeah. totally go in. Now we won't necessarily worry about earned runs or otherwise, but yeah, nevertheless. Talk about that. Oh, wins a win. <laughs> A win is a Four win. Four errors in a good, good. And two just by gracious. Nate, or I should say Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Lau. Don't call him Lau Low. Nathaniel, <laughs> don't call me Nate and don't call me Low or don't call me Nate Low. Wow. <laughs> he has one of the, he has three of the worst nicknames. I know. It's like brutal, man. <clears throat> uh, uh, he he cost the Rockies game too. He, he had a he had a nice game too with the stick, but uh, he he cost the Rangers potentially any any attempted at a comeback. I was really happy that at least like the Rogers hit everything that took place before that. The Rockies had already taken the lead, so you can't blame it entirely on all of that nonsense. Like Rockies already had it. It sure did make Carlos Estevez's job a lot nicer though. But still, he didn't allow a run, and and all told. We've got to I, – and I can't even uh, honestly okay. believe I'm going to say this. We've got to tip our caps to the bullpen. Got to tip your cap to the bullpen. Even before Estevez, Joey's Chassin, two innings. He did it. And no earned it. runs. That was – you know what? We, I, keep talking. I'm going to send an email out. I think Joey's Chassin is Draft our King new DraftKings workbook. <laughs> get two kings. All right. <laughs> Any one of those party poppers? He's a no, prince. I mean, he meant to be the prince. How about that? He's a really he's a draft play. prince. <laughs> he went the two innings, uh, which they really needed out of him today. Robert Stevenson, my guy, with a very impressive, very good two innings. Uh, Daniel Bard pitching earlier in the game, and and you know with the team down. Kind of a new role for him. 
Not great. Couple hits and a walk, but still. Escapes. Unscathed. Got out of there. Um, give it to you. We'll give it to you. He needs it. So we'll give it to him. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Justin Lawrence comes in in a really tough spot there with Freeland having to come out with an injury. Guy on base doesn't have his command, uh, which we know has been an issue for Justin already. And, you know, just starts walking dudes and Buddy is immediately kind of <laughs> trying to get him out of there, uh, basically. And then Ben Bowden inherits a tough spot, doesn't have his best command right away either, but does end up collecting it minimizing the damage as best he could at that point. And then going the next inning, which was really important for him to go back out there and, and give Buddy what he could. And and so, yeah, like, obviously, Lawrence, that's a rough spot. You don't want to see that. I like that Buddy gave him that opportunity, uh, kind of challenged the young kid early on. So we weren't expecting this spot. It's sort of like a pressure situation, but in the second inning, <laughs> So it does. So it does two things. It's less of a pressure spot, and you hope Justin Lawrence can learn from it. And secondly, it it does give your team the opportunity. There was plenty of ball game, and as it turned out, there was just enough ball game left for them to come back and win. But yeah, the bullpen to to cut it off at that. Very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, learning experience. I you you encapsulated right there where. Hey, you, you've got nothing but but uh, positivity to potentially bring into this game because it's already, you know, it didn't get off the rails, but man, it it really hits you in the solar plexus on the on the same day. John Gray goes on the IL for this to to happen to Kyle Freeland. You're just holding your breath and you're not worried about it. it's on the road. You're like, okay, fine, Ranger sweep. I mean, so like so so. You know, right. Justin Lawrence coming in, you, you hope maybe, and say, hey, maybe he's the guy that can do it in short order. Doesn't, but, you know, can learn from something like that. And the rest of the bullpen got up, and, you know, with each guy that came in the game, you had more and more success. Okay, Bowden still gives up the run. Uh, but he goes nearly two innings, uh, coming out of nowhere, having to relieve the reliever. And then, as we said, Stevenson, Bard, Chesina, Steves, no runs. A lot of traffic on the bases, but no runs. Yeah. I, I I was frankly shocked. That, that may have even been more shocking than the come from behind win was the fact that the bullpen out of nowhere was tasked with picking up so many innings. And obviously other than stumbling right onto <laughs> right out of the gates, that, that terrible second for the rest of the game locked it down. Pretty amazing stuff there. So uh, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll get you Kyle Freeland updates when we've got them. Uh, it sounds if you're hoping it's in line with, like with John Gray recently going on the 10-day IL immediately after they announced that they thought he was likely he could make his next start, which just shows you that being super precautious. Is that a word? Precautionary? I, I'm pretty sure precautious is precautious not a word. Is a word. We know what it means. They're precautionary. <laughs> well, that I, I remember in a song uh, many, year, many a year ago, uh, an Eminem song where he said, I'm trying to pre-warn you. And I'm like, a, a warning pretty much covers it. You don't need to pre-warn yeah. someone. Yeah. But, okay, got it. So you're good. You, are, you and that's Mr. Actually, Matters are kind of in the same yeah, that's right. same world of making up words that make sense. That's a, that's a staple of his, actually. He's got a song that starts, it's 9 a.m. in the morning. And I go, 
I know I am. What? Usually when it occurs. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Mark asking the question, speaking of the bullpen, do you know how many days Sheffield needs to be on the active roster in order to reach 90 uh, to not get sent back to the Dodgers? That is a great question. Um, I don't have the answer to that. I, yeah, I don't have- actually have an answer that. He may be there already um, because he – you know, he was fine, uh, although actually I think it was early June. It was about June 3rd that yeah. he first went on the aisle. So I think he does need a little more time. Um, again, you know, we don't know if it's a phantom aisle. I, I think he has been, uh, you know, suffering some some general ails. Um, yeah. So we do hope he comes back. Now, even if even if he doesn't get the, uh, the required service time or, or actual days in the majors that he's supposed to, that can roll over to next year too if they want to keep him. So it isn't like, hey, if you don't have it this year, you don't get it because it happened to a Rockies guy a few years ago, Dan Winkler, if you remember with Atlanta, right. where pitch great, got hurt, they kept him around. And in fact, speaking of other roster transaction, Julian uh, Fernandez was added to the 40-man and he's up uh, with the club now. He was a guy that was lost a few years ago, was taken by the San Francisco Giants in the Rule 5 draft. And they ended up keeping him for the next year. They even ended up trading him to Miami because Miami was like, no, we'll go ahead and roster him and give him that opportunity and give him a 40 man roster spot. So uh, even if you don't see him back this year, it doesn't mean uh, you got to give him back to the Dodgers because uh, that's not the case. If you still keep him around on the 40 man this off season. Yeah. And, and Mark, yeah, I think they, they, unless they just bring in a slew of other guys this off season that they're more excited about, certainly as constructed right now, you're, you've got to be in the business of keeping a guy like Robert Stevenson, who I think they like, and is, or I'm, I'm sorry, Jordan Sheffield, who I think they like and uh, has shown potential in, in the early going there. And, and it's exactly the kind of guy that they, they need to be in the business of acquiring. So, so you, you, you want more of those, not less of them. <laughs> and and if he's hurt, which you obviously you hope isn't the case and they really need that roster spot. I don't think they will. They do have a lot of guys they'll need to protect ahead of uh, the rule five draft in December, but I don't, I think the ones that probably, you know, might have the, the, the greatest likelihood of being taken, they'll be able to protect. And so there'll be a lot of guys exposed but sometimes that ends up happening uh, in windows where you're like, oh, I know a lot of these names and they're going to be exposed in the Rule 5 draft. No one even bothers to to look at him. So I, I think you'll see him around. If, if he is injured, they could knock him off the 40-man and still end up bringing him back on, on a minor league deal because, you know, hey, it's the timing is a little bit off because you're hurt, but we want to keep you around. And, yeah, I want to stay in the organization. We've, we know the Rockies have, have done that with a lot of guys. And the past, a lot of teams do that. And, and the Rockies treat their guys really well. So uh, it makes sense that guys would want to re-up and, and come back even on a minor league deal if they need, if they had to. That's good. We got a couple of super chats from Jacob in the comments. Remember on YouTube, always an opportunity to impact the conversation, <clears throat> especially if you super chat. We will definitely see it. Uh, so a couple of them here, he says, you guys ever see American Psycho on a morning routine by Patrick, just like from the movie? Is that a compliment or a i feel like it is i feel like it's an insight on me that i was hoping no one would pick up but uh i think i'm pretty sure i saw the movie first and then uh then i read the the book by Mm -hmm. brett easton ellis and 
the book is gets really really dark um yeah. like the movie which is just a fun well, just, yeah <laughs> um, but no the, the book is i think it, it goes far beyond that uh i i don't i can't remember what, exactly what his uh routine was like but uh christian bale certainly got himself in some great shape uh Excellent I, don't, shape. I don't know that i'll ever uh get in that <laughs> shape um i'm probably more inclined to do a lot of running and get into the physique he got in for the film The Machinist, uh, then for uh, American Psycho. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, if you're looking to drop a couple of lbs, that that's my workout tip of the day. First thing in the morning, just even go for a walk. That'll jumpstart your metabolism. Go for a, a jog if you can get a mile, two miles in before you eat anything. Because if you, as soon as you eat something and then you go out to exercise, your body burns what you just ate, not the fat from the day and week before. So Go out first thing in the morning. Get mm -hmm. a job. John, with some Huey Lewis in the news. That's it. Sports. That's the routine. Phil Collins, if you need to. That's it. And drink sixteen ounces of water too before you have any before you do anything. Like yeah, I mean always. That's it. And also from Jacob is Todd Helton the Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yeah. And is Babe Ruth the goat? It depends on who you ask. I say um, yes. I, I say no, and it's not through any fault of his own. It's it's the same reason that Wilt Chamberlain isn't the greatest basketball player of all time. Like you just played in an era where everyone was a foot shorter than you. Like it doesn't like it's the the numbers are overwhelming for Babe Ruth, obviously, but he just played at a time where he was far and away he was far and away the best player on the field. But he's not the goat. Again, because the fact that the rest of the league was nowhere near as good is not a testament to you. It's a testament to how not good the rest of the league is. There, so then in your opinion, is there a greatest baseball player of all time? Or is it shared by a group? I would, I would think that would be probably it's more of, of your... so hard in baseball. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I, I I think Hank Aaron is the closest thing that the game has to a legitimate greatest player of all time. If, if you had to name one guy, I would probably pick Hank Aaron. But <clears throat> it's just too hard because baseball is such a game of specialized jobs. And unlike in football, which is also a game of specialized jobs, everybody knows exactly whose job is always the most important every single time. It's, it's the quarterback. It's always the quarterback. The quarterbacks are the best. They're the most important. There's like an obviously understood hierarchy too. It's like then, then there's the running back. And then, you know, it's like, we're in baseball, like on any given day, it's the starting pitcher, but they can only go once every five days and position players play every day. And, Short stops matter so much on defense, but for a hundred years they couldn't even hit. So what even the hell? <laughs> so it's just it, yeah, it's it's tougher there. But the fact that Babe Ruth didn't have to play against the black players or the Hispanic players of his generation, true. Um, that you, you know, again, it's like Wilt Chamberlain would not score a hundred points in a basketball game if he was playing in today's NBA. It just would not happen. And it's it's hard to know exactly how many home runs Babe Ruth would hit if he was playing in today's baseball, but he wouldn't hit more than entire teams and divisions and stuff. Like that just would not happen if you just dropped him into today's game as talented as he was. So, um, 
I think for everything that Shohei Otani has done, and we go, can you believe this is happening? And I, I, we don't, we can't appreciate it. There's just no way. It's like Mike Trout's entire career. We can't even appreciate it. Right. Uh, he, Otani is actually just doing what Babe Ruth already did. That's not to take anything away from him. I'm not, this isn't my Stuart Scott moment. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not doing that. Not, not Stuart Scott, Stephen A. Smith, no, another uh, oh, yeah, right. gentleman. Yeah, you're like, oh, really? Wait. You can talk about Ken Olderman. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, right. um, but it's just Babe Ruth is, is he, he did that. So to, to me, yeah, he, he definitely is. But uh, I love that that you bring that point up because it doesn't get mentioned enough that, you know, Babe Ruth didn't, didn't play against African-American ballplayers, Hispanic ballplayers. And, you know, that's certainly something that uh, allowed him to pad his stats a little bit more. It's very true. Yeah. And I, and again, and it's like, or, or even, you know, and, that, and I, that's one of the reasons why I oftentimes compare it to Wilt Chamberlain too, because there's the people that weren't allowed to play, but then there's also just literally like the state of the game and it's and it's tough because you need those people to steward sports into their next generation right there there has to be that person that's so good that the rest of the game has to adapt and catch up but they do the, the rest of the game does adapt and catch up and so it's it's hard to tell um you know will saying here in the comments ruth would get embarrassed by modern day breaking pitches it's hard to know that 100% for sure, uh, but I do wonder. And, th- and that's where it's so tough, especially in a game like baseball, where, again, the nature of it has changed so much. Guys weren't throwing 92-mile-an-hour sliders in 1923. So it's hard to know, you know, how the, the great hitters of, of yesteryear would fare against Jacob deGrom. You know, I, it, like I have, I have no idea. Um, I, I do tend to think, and I actually think this is true in all pro sports across the board, that the best athletes who've ever played are playing right now. Uh, true, yeah. You know, and, and that's part of the reason why it's difficult to separate from yourself from the pack to be the all-time great, because all of these other guys are really great, too. It's one of my dad's favorite sayings is, you know, the boys on the other team are on scholarship, too. You know, so it's it's just tough. It's tougher out there, man. So if you dominate in today's game, you're as good as there's ever been. Yeah, fair. Can't can't really argue with that. We'll have to continue that debate for for the off season. If I, I like that, that's a good topic. Is Babe Ruth, and I think I, I think that would be on brand for both of us in so many ways. Okay, I'll take the route of saying Babe Ruth is the greatest of all time, and then you come in. And I'll help you out with this even too, because I like this idea. But you come in crapping all over Babe Ruth. Just, just crush Babe me, me as the guy from the I East Coast. It. That's fun. I think that would actually be really entertaining. <laughs> I do I do have a soft spot. There's a similar thing like in music. Uh, people will, you know, are the Beatles the greatest band of all time? Or did they just make the most important transition from the kind of music that had been popular before they existed and the kind of music that's popular after they existed and basically making rock and roll the standard listenable popular music. And that's what they did. Does that make them the greatest rock and roll band of all time? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of does in some people's minds, but also does that mean that they were the best band to ever write songs and play their instruments? No. Not even actually, technically speaking, uh, like the Beatles weren't even that good, <laughs> like at, at, at music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but they were an 
incredible songwriters. We're getting far afield here, but it's a similar argument, right? Where it's just like, yeah, man, like we give people points for changing the game or for mastering the game or for, yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all tough. And, and baseball, it's, it's even harder, but all right. Back on the Rockies before we get too far out of the way. Yeah. I love that the comments are into it though. Um, and over for Crown, August is over. <laughs> He's like, man, I was working my butt off. They still haven't made the announcement. I do know last month they announced July's Player of the Month on August 2nd. So we are going to have to wait until tomorrow. Bryce Harper or CJ Crone. It's going to be close. It's I mean, be close. I think if, if we're talking about like MVP – you would give it to Harper because he was more valuable to his team and with Philly kind of, you know, still making a push for the wild card and what his value has been to the Phillies has been more than what Crone's value has been to the Rockies. But if you're just doing it straight statistically, CJ Crone deserves it. And so I think player of the month awards. Yeah. yeah, I think player of the month awards are really just look at the numbers. That's the guy done. Not the value. Now maybe when you get to September, you know, that, yeah. that might change your mind a little bit, but I don't yeah. think you're really looking at it that deeply, to be honest. No, no, no. I, I, I hope they give it to Crone, um, award it, I should say, to Crone. Um, again, it's the stats, it's a slight edge, but he's got a slight edge and all the stuff, batting average on base, OPS, got one more homer, like all the things, again, it's a slight edge, but it's an edge in, in all the important statistics. And so I would hope that CJ Crone would have earned player of the month for the month of August, uh, be the first one for the Rockies since Charlie Blackman won it in uh, 19, 2019. I think it was June or July, July, I believe of 2019. Yeah. Before uh, that, Arenado 2017, Charlie Blackman, May of 2017, Arenado, Cargo, Tulo, Tulo, Holiday, Helton, Walker, Helton, Helton, Bichette, Burks, Galarraga, and maybe CJ Crone. And of course, Colorado Rockies legend. It he is now ultimate. literally, literally. That's the list of player of the month award. The elite of the elite. I mean, only Trevor Story is missing from this list as far as elites, and maybe, maybe that's how you define it and say, Trev, you're not. I mean, you're not auxiliary Mount Rushmore, of, of course, but maybe you're not course, even on that. Not quite. Caraga, CJ Frum, Bichette, Walker, Helton, Holiday, Tulo, Cargo, Arenado, Blackman. Those are kind of the dudes. It's weird that wow is not on there, but yeah, I have. Uh, I got to write this. I talked about some what ifs. I don't know if the rest of the we'll, we'll see if anyone else. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some what ifs. I'm I'm gonna write a couple of what if articles. I've been getting into the as you know, I'm a giant Marvel nerd. Those shows have been really really fun, and uh, one of them has got to be you know an alternate history where Crone ends up on the Rockies earlier. We, we've talked about before whether or not they could have just signed him when he was a free agent. Does that save your 2019 season? Maybe, maybe not. Could they have traded for him when he was on the market, when he got traded before when they really were in the hunt and needed a first baseman but didn't think that they did because they had Ian Desmond, and if they had just bailed on that earlier and gone that way. I got to write a what if C.J. Crone had just been a Rocky earlier because it just feels like he always should have been. This just feels right. <laughs> it feels like it's always what it should have been. And like you said, you just read off those names and you go, yeah, in a weird way, it feels like he doesn't belong on that list. On the other hand, it feels like if he sticks around for another year or two and becomes kind of the old man veteran of this team and keeps having 
He's, you know, he's not going to keep having months quite like this, but years where he's going to hit 20 home runs and everyone's going to love him. He's going to match. He's going to walk. He's going to play solid defense. Like, yeah, he could carve out a special place in Rockies history. It's just so too bad. What if, what if he had been here? It would have had to have been the 18-19 offseason because then you go, all right, we got our first baseman. Now let's bring back our second baseman, DJ exactly. And you go, exactly. oh, that was the That's the other domino that, that falls into place. Now that team still could not pitch. But if you've got DJ LeMahieu around, it actually 2019 maybe doesn't get saved. What happens there is 2020 is the year that doesn't turn to absolute horror uh, they maybe even find their way into a fun little postseason run because you've got randos that can match if you've got Chrome, LeMayhew, Story, Arenado. Uh, I'm know. glad I didn't um, cut you off. I'm glad I didn't cut you off because the internet would have had a nice field day at your slight suggestion that if the Rockies had acquired CJ Chrome, there would not have been a pandemic in 2020. But I didn't cut you <laughs> off. You explained it. Oh, oh, I got on the field. You just mean there's no way to know. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. There's no way to know. <laughs> I was like, damn, Drew, these spins sometimes. Oh, just, oh shoot. Yeah. No, that actually is very logical. That's why, again, that's why Twitter does not do justice when we try to go back and forth. There's there's a lot more that goes behind it with my my tag mm-hmm. team partner, Drew Creaseman. There's a lot more. That makes sense that you don't realize. Oh, man. No, I, uh, <laughs> I hope they figure out a way to keep him around. It's too much fun. Well, Crone is an RBI from matching his career high for the season. Yeah, uh, for a season. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just he's having a great year. He's been a whole lot of fun to watch. Uh, so even though he didn't do anything today, just figured we talked about him really quick. It was really funny that the second the month ended, he finally took an over. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, yes. and but now he's going to start the the month all over again against start Atlanta on Thursday. You know, Boom! He didn't crush one like 110 miles an hour right at the third baseman at one point too. So it's like, yeah. Uh, all right, you yeah. You, me- you mentioned this mm-hmm. this person, uh-huh. and I, I started getting curious, and so I looked it up just for you know what's and giggles. Most errors committed by an active player. Now, you do not have an outfielder popping up until number 33, Justin yeah. Upton, who's been in the game for 15 years. You forget yeah. 89 errors, but the rest are all infielders. Who, who he had one year where he could not catch a baseball. I remember that. 13 years, 12 years, and then third, because he's still technically act- active, Ian Desmond, third most, third most active player in errors, 176. How about that? How about that? that any, is any, a, any names that jump out that you think, all right, this guy's been around for a while. so He's got a lot of errors. And again, error doesn't necessarily mean you suck. It means you got to a lot more balls. You got great sure. range. That's you would think that there'd be a lot of like shortstops with good ranges, 100%. but but iffy arms, strong arms that have iffy yep. accuracies. Like I'll say this Escobar or uh, – He's seventh. Got okay. It. Um. Who are like Starlin Castro? Number two, okay. by one error, by one. Um, other guys that have been around for a while. Who was uh? You got two Hall of Fame first basemen. Who've been in the game nine? Oh yeah, when your first base slash DH is make, kind of- make some some errors at first. Uh, or who? Hmm. Who's yeah? I got to think of people who've been around for a while, and I keep thinking of guys who just retired. 
<laughs> like, no, he's not in the game anymore. He's not in the game anymore. Um, so it's not a shortstop. You said the first baseman is number one. No, no, it is a shortstop. Oh. It is a it is a AL West shortstop. He's played the entirety of his career from the AL West and was speaking of Atlanta coming to town tomorrow. Coors Field was uh, an Atlanta prospect and was once traded for Mark Teixeira. He's number one, but also in the top ten are two first ballot Hall of Fame. Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews, number one, two hundred eight going into today. Ryan Zimmerman is number four. Miguel Cabrera five. Evan Longoria, sixth with 149 errors. Tied for seventh, Osiris Escobar and Albert Pujols. The only time those two guys will be tied for anything <laughs> ever. <laughs> As Jubal Cabrera, nine. And then 10, Brandon Crawford. That's amazing. I love, that, right? <laughs> I love that. That's good stuff. All right, Patrick, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and take a look forward. Speaking of, as you said, Atlantia coming into town. Looks like the Rockies are going to throw out Chichi Gonzalez on Thursday for game one. Good old Tibita pitching for the Braves. I can't remember what movie that was a joke in. Could um, be possibly Huascar Enoa if, if, if things kind of stand in their rotation. Uh, could they be going out for a bullpen day? Probably not a good recipe for success uh, at the start of a four-game series in Colorado. But it makes me think like, oh man, the Rockies just they just used up their their bullpen today on Wednesday and now Thursday they're not going to have that bullpen, which is why Chichi eight innings, two earned runs. <laughs> yeah. Put yeah. It in the books. Put in the books. <laughs> hey, but I I did call today's W yesterday. I said don't, don't pick Tuesday's game. Pick this game that Freeland starts and we'll throw one inning will get hurt. I'm not sure if I had all those details. No, I don't right. know if you said all of those things. I think I did, but I definitely check. said the win. I definitely yeah, said the yeah, win. Yeah. You had that. Oh boy. Yeah. That's uh that's a tough that's a tough task for Chi Chi. Um Ian Anderson is <laughs> going on Friday night. He was my yeah. NL rookie of the year yeah. candidate. I, I had him as as tops kind of went away from the the favorite there but um yeah, yeah not not a their best starting pitchers there in Atlanta. They do have a couple guys banged up, I think, right now. But could yeah, be Kowalski, Noah, Tuki Toussaint. tight out there, though, so everyone's playing for, for all the marbles right now. Um, but I, I like the Rockies, you know, in the games with Marquez. Maybe Senzatella on the hill. He was so good last time out. I'd love to see him finish really strong. Marquez hasn't been so again you, you you feel more good about that in theory than you have been in practice as of late but home rockies may have to be the offense may just have to be the offense that carries them here and and maybe the bullpen can catch a heater you know maybe some of these guys who are are stepping up into spots i'd love to start seeing you know we, we talked about it we saw a couple of guys called up today neither of the two interesting ones my mom was asking in the comments here a second ago about Peter Lambert, I still think they're getting him back to full health, so it's going to be a little bit before we see him. Potentially the same thing with Rollison, but I'd, I'd like to see them as soon as possible because in the meantime, you're just kind of going with Chichi Gonzalez for now <laughs> and seeing what happens. And, you know. This is the final four-game series of the season, and the Rockies have 
right. held held form all year long. I mean, they've been playing way better on the road uh, than the beginning of the season, but it's been incremental. And then those increments have stayed pretty much the same where they went opening day. I've, I've said it a billion times, but it went from awful against the Dodgers. They, they, they had the opening day victory, then lost the next three. And then they got better and better. And then were leading every game against Milwaukee. Uh, I think similar to Cincinnati in that four game series, they end up giving back two, so they won. They went two and two there. But then their last four game series, right around the fourth of July, they did take three of four against St. Louis. So, do the Rockies sweep four game sweep of Atlanta? It if it stays consistent, I mean, at least three out of the four, right? Because they've gotten better. They haven't lost right. more games of four game series as the season has gone on. So that's. Uh... I, I actually would take three. I don't know how. I don't know what it looks like. Well, I do. It's going to be a lot of run scoring. But I, I think they'll win three games. I think they're going to win three against a first-place Atlanta team. Love it. Love it. I, I think they'll split. I think they'll have a nice little little split right here because uh, Atlanta's good. They're real good, uh, and they're playing for it. But like you said, they also catch a, a pitching break. They're going to have their opportunities, are the Rockies. And, so, and they've been nothing if not a team that jumps – all over opportunities <laughs> opportunistic is what we call that. Uh, and, and they've done so. Uh, and today's win was exactly proof of that. Our good friend, Thomas Harding with a, doing a stat of the day feature. It looks like over on MLB.com uh, Rockies drew eight walks in the game today, uh, which is tied for the most they've had all season, but uh, they also issued, Quite a few walks. If you if you don't love patience at the plate, this probably wasn't the most exciting baseball game to watch. Four hour know. game too. Four hour one minute again. Yeah, you're happy with those with how it ends up going down. And issue and, five. So okay. Yeah, here's here's why I like for them to go three and one against Atlanta because then San Francisco comes to town, and then if you lose two of three to San Francisco, mm. still four and three when you're home. That's that's how it's going. It's how it's going down. And let me let me remind you of this, too. Yeah. No, you go ahead. I'll, I'll say my part. No, I was going to say, I'm going to use your logic, but I'm going to invert it. I'm going to stick with my pick and do the, I'm gonna do the same thing and say that's exactly why I'm going for the split against Atlanta. So I think they're taking that set against San Francisco. I think the Rockies are about to screw everybody. <laughs> and it's going to be fantastic. It Starting with the Giants. Starting right there with the Giants, who are really trying to hold on to that division, this division, this year division. Yeah, Fun man. little side story to to keep your eye on. It's not a story so much as it is uh, a welcome back. Four games. Enjoy seeing Eric Young Sr. back at the ballpark. Enjoy, enjoy seeing, Eric. seeing Walt Weiss. Again, both these guys are part of Atlanta's coaching staff. And then on Monday – it, it's it's nice and clean if it lays out this way. Colorado's own Kevin Gaussman pitching for the Giants. Love it. Gotta, you got to like those fun little storylines. So if you go to the ballpark, if you're not excited enough to see the Rockies just be awesome at home as, as they've been all season long, and I really don't see that changing for any particular reason, you also have some, some familiar faces that you know and love. They're going to be there on the other side of the uh, diamond as well. Quick trivia question that I do not know the answer to. So this will be. I really hope I know it. (laughs) More teams 
Latroy Hawkins has pitched for or Eric Young Sr. has coached for? More teams. Definitely Latroy Hawkins. Is it? Because he's probably like 12 or 13. Yeah. And coaches don't jump around that much. But EY is coached. So EY is coached for the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, the Giants, Atlanta. And then we might start drawing drying up a little bit. Maybe the maybe the pot every team in the NL West, <laughs> I think. And I'll, I'll count as minor league teams as well. By the way, Eric Young, born in New Jersey. Uh, but <laughs> you're right. You got ninety. Oh no, well, well, as a coach, not too many. But then you throw his the teams he's played with as a player too. Okay, he's yeah. got a lot. Well, a few of them. I feel like he had managed or not managed, but like first base coached for every team in the NL West over the last <laughs> several years. And now he's with Atlanta. He's uh, a popular guy. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't why wouldn't he be? Latroy Hawkins. Did Edwin Jackson end up playing for more teams than Latroy Hawkins, or does Latroy Hawkins hold? Yeah, because it no Edwin Jackson is Edwin Jackson holds the record. The record. I'm not even sure what it's up to. I I have the number 14 in my head, but it 14 might be 15 is 15. what I'm thinking. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you throw in representing Team USA. Uh, <laughs> you, you've got that going on. How many jerseys? There's got to be like a 30 for 30 or a whatever, like it's just a documentary on all of Edwin Jack. Do you think he's got jerseys or, or hats or something from each team that he's played for? Surely he's got something, right? I mean, no, not necessarily. Again, it's some of these job. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's you misplace certain things. Like again, you or I, <laughs> we think about wrestlers and be like, "Oh my god, the day that this happened, and it was on Raw, and then you guys were number one in the ratings, and you don't, you didn't keep that." And like, no, it was just the shirt I wore that shows day. a year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. How many baseball games do I think I play? Um, oh, yeah, I told you, Octavio Dotel. Right, he's got the record with 15. Yeah, so when Jack is at 14, <laughs> amazing. All right, and on that note, it's been a whole lot of fun. We'll see how they always fun when the Rockies come back home. They'll be here. We talked about for sets against Atlanta and San Francisco. Tune in for all of that. Make sure you're subscribed to the dnbr.com for all the written content. Hang on our Discord and chat during the games, before and after the games. Chat about whatever you're watching on TV, whatever movies you've seen lately, whatever you're cooking. Whatever you're feeling, just let us know. Hang out on the Discord channel. And, of course, if you do sign up for that annual, we'll send you out a free shirt from the DNVR locker. Otherwise, make sure you're following everyone on social media, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You're hanging out with us anytime and all the time, having fun with Colorado Rockies baseball, continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. We promise that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.